Hey, Twisted Listeners, I'm Cindy. And I'm Diva, and we are the Twisted Listeners, a weekly podcast about murder and lists. Each week, we cover 10 cases that all fall under a specific topic, which we also choose weekly. Past topics have included family annihilators, murderous moms, mysterious and spooky deaths, online predators, and other truly twisted topics. We cover many well-known cases, but we also love to sprinkle in some lesser-known murders, so there's always something new and surprising in every episode. So, if you love lists and true crime as much as we do, then we're the podcast for you. Join us for some twisted tales and interesting topics every week. And remember, stay off our lists. Hey, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Just, uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Are you at your place? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, that's fancy fancy podcasting equipment you have there. Thank Do you. you. Do you notice the, your the twin bed with no mattress? <laughs> what? Do you notice Are you the, moving? No, we had bed bugs, so... Oh, uh, we have sorry. a mat... We had a twin bed in here uh, that was, like, kind of useless, to be honest with you, it was really shitty. But we just threw it away because we were worried about bed bugs. But my aunt doesn't want to get rid of the frame. So we're waiting, <laughs> we're waiting for a twin bed to become available. Um, but the, like, there are no twin beds available, apparently. And so uh, so now we just have like a bed frame with no. But apparently the bed was sucking up all the sound. So like I, it was like a total bitch nightmare. I had to buy a whole new microphone to like so that way I don't echo as much. So oh, yeah, shit. it was crazy. Damn, I guess like science is more important than we give it credit for. It is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've I've been saying is like the thing that frustrates me the most about all of this is it's like I don't want to be a freaking, I don't want to I don't want to major in you know radio waves. I just want to know how to make a good podcast. Like why? Do yeah. This? So, anyways. I feel that. Um, well, I'm. are you still doing this with uh, Maria? Yeah. This is just for okay. Patreon. Um, we have our uh, Patreon. We do, like, an exclusive episode. So, this will just be on our Patreon. I can send it oh, to you cool. if you want to listen to it, like, with w- being edited and everything. But, yeah, unless you're on our Patreon, you won't get see this um you don't want to sign up for our Patreon just to watch this. Um, but, uh... <laughs> you don't know. I can probably co- co- convince people. Actually, no. I'm sure, like... I was, well, if you send it to me and, like, uh, I could probably, like, uh, do, like, uh, cut a clip from it and, like, put it on my Instagram. Oh, yeah. And then tell them to sign up for your Patreon that way to see the whole thing. I mean, no one does, but I feel like sometimes it helps. Like, every now and then you get someone that's like, murder? I love murder, but I'm sick of my favorite murder. Like, you never know. Yeah. That's what we're <laughs> hoping. We're hoping to get the cast-offs for my favorite murder. That's our... <laughs> yeah, I used to be, like, a, I used to be a huge fan. <laughs> and, like, I, I, I kind of I became one of those cast-offs. I think I just uh, which is funny because I feel like we do it too but I just like I just and and maybe they stopped I just couldn't handle the whole like so how's your day going like the 20 40 minutes of just like catching up that they do and then they'd be like oh and then somebody died let's talk about that and I'd be like it's 40 minutes in like get to the murder (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah. I get it. Yeah. That was that was one of my my things too. And sometimes like I feel like you're just like eavesdropping on friends that like the cool kids that you never especially since like we're like being in that same circle almost. Like obviously we're not in the same like I'm no. not on the same circles with Karen Kilgariff and the other one, Georgia, whatever. Yeah. But like I feel like I like an, enough adjacent where it just feels like I'm listening in on the cool kids. Yeah. But like I would never be in their inner circle, so it almost just feels like I, I like I'm just like this kind of just makes me feel bad about myself. Yeah, it just makes me realize that like oh my dreams won't come true. Okay, good. Yeah, exactly. It was like oh dreams won't come true and murder. I'm yeah. I'm and, cool for and, a little yeah, bit. and there's gonna be murder involved. Yeah. Well, that's you know that's what I hope our pad- podcast does for some people is people listening go oh they're such cool kids. I can't even say it without <laughs> laughing. Um. God, can you imagine getting to a point in your career when people are like, Dana, you're such, you're one of the cool kids. <laughs> Somebody said that to me, I'd be like, who? What are you smoking? What? I know. I mean, that's goals, right? Because we want to like be able to, to do what we do without yeah. and get paid a lot of money to do it. Yes. Yeah. So that's essentially what the cool kids are. But I was like looking, do you do, you do this? Do you go like, do you Instagram stalk celebrities? But, like, kind of celebrities? Like, people that you're just like, I can't believe you're a celebrity. Why are you a celebrity? I used to do it, but then I had to stop because it just made me depressed. Because... Yeah, so... I, <laughs> yeah. I, no, go... Sorry, go ahead. I'm just, like, I'm in the, the depression mode. So that's, like, why I've been doing it. No, no, it. no. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, I've noticed they're all kind of the same. Oh, Like, yeah. their brand is very, like, I'm a hot girl. Look at me. Yes. But they're, like either like not really gender but like everyone's it's like yes queen like everyone's a queen now you know what i mean like yes it just feels like it's all it's like all like what the type of like the like the talking the cadence and like the the everything about it the humor is the same and i'm like oh this is the cool kid generation like this is what like so like i've been like kind of trying to trend trend spot (laughs) well i've always said there's nothing funnier than an than a hot girl who's kind of funny like Hot women who are kind of funny are like the funniest thing. People will be like, oh my God, you're so funny. And it's like, she's kind of funny. Like she's kind of, she's not even really funny. She's just like, oh, I see where you were going with that. But oh my God, people will fall over themselves trying to make that person feel great. And it's like, ugh, okay. I'll just be back here being funny. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's like, why do you keep complimenting the people who are just like, they're already attractive. Life is already easier. Like maybe like go out of your way to like, compliment the actual funny people who may not be conventionally attractive there's not a good way of saying that but, <laughs> but diana like- don't you see that like we're not supposed to be putting women down we're supposed to be lifting them up now like that's like a thing apparently i don't know i was I like mean, <laughs> i mean i i know it's a thing i just like don't get it i was talking to somebody the other day and i was like look i think that like if you look at like the music video wap i think the problem oh, yeah. is, is like the problem for me is isn't isn't the sexual overtones. It's the fact that the music video makes no sense, and it's like That's... I wish people were talking about that more than the sexual overtones. <laughs> like, oh my god, I just feel like because the bar is set so differently. Yeah, like it wasn't. It was a very weird video because I was like, I watched it because like a friend friend told me, and I so I was watching it, and I was just like, 
what am I looking at? Like, I look yes. like, I feel like I'm watching Willy Wonka on acid, which is if that's your brand, that's your brand. That doesn't mean I have to necessarily like it. But I agree, like the critiques on like sexual overtones is like, uh, like that shouldn't be what we're talking about. Yeah. Like I had a friend that just like messaged me because I'm like on this whole rampage for like supporting Boycott Mulan. Um, so like my friend messaged me and was like, oh, I was excited that there was an actual, there was an Asian playing an Asian like that's where the bar set right now. Yeah, is like we just want an Asian person playing Asian. So it's just like I feel like the whole like supporting females, like yeah, but like just because we're at this point, like oh, just having a female is like where the bar set. It shouldn't be. It's like there's so many talented, funny, whatever category that you have where they can be female and good. But when you just take that opportunity, only showcase someone because they're fit one of the two categories. Yeah. Like, I feel like you're just, like, hurt, making everything worse. Yes, I agree. Well, it's the same thing with SNL. Remember when SNL, like, they were like, we have tried to find uh, a black woman to be on the show. We have tried. There have been no funny black women. And basically everybody was just like, that's fucking bullshit. And they're like, all right, well, we'll try one more time. And then they found, like, five (laughs) funny black women. It's like, okay, like, really, there's no funny, like... It's just such bullshit to me. It's like, there's funny everybody. Like, everybody's... Dude. like, I, You couldn't throw a dead cat without hitting somebody who's... Like, you name a thing, and there's somebody who's a comedian who's doing... Who is that? Like, I just think it's so frustrating to me that, like, it's it's always like, oh, there's there's just nobody funny out there who's, you know... It's like, ugh. No you funny one. I mean, it is just wild. I think that, like... Well, my I, I did work at this job where like the CEO was trying to be like, you know, we have an empty board, a board, um, a seat on our board. And I'm trying to fill that preferably with a woman of color. But, you know, we just don't know like what I've, I the real thing is like why it's been empty for two years is because I don't know what I'm trying to fill in that seat. And keep in mind, this company hasn't been um, profitable in the five years that they've been up. So I'm like, so in the two years you haven't been making money, you're saying there's no qualified woman of color in tech. Yeah. That's what you're trying to say. You couldn't have. When you're all, yeah. You looked high with and low. Bar, right? You looked high and low and there's no qualified woman of color in tech when you're obviously setting the bar at losing money. So yes. if the bar is losing money, <laughs> you're well, the, telling me there's no qualified woman in tech. Also, I think to that point too, I think the problem is, is that you know, then you get into the point where people think that you just should be lucky to have any offer. So then it's like, oh, you want to work at a company, be the board of a company that's making no money? Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I'm good. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I won't do that. No, I'm, I'm okay. So it's just, you Maybe. know, I just think it's, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, I don't know how we got on this, but uh, who's calling me? Oh, God damn it. You're so popular. You're already popular. It's happening. We manifested it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't even think of a name. John Favreau is calling me. Uh, (laughs) Hold on, buddy. I got to do a podcast. Um, No, my dad keeps calling me. My dad can't figure out how to get his microphone to work. And I've tested it four times when I was there and it works. And so I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but it's work. It worked when I was there. So. He, he's the kind Way to of, invalidate his experience, Lori. Well, he's the kind of person that thinks that updating your computer makes it worse. Like he's the oh, kind of person yeah. that thinks like, oh, I you updated my computer, so now so now it's working. That's not how that works, Dad. Like that's <laughs> you need to update your computer, and it's like, and he's like, no, you updated my computer, and now my sound doesn't work. I was like, nope, 
those things aren't, aren't that's not, <laughs> those are two different things. <laughs> like there's no, one of those people, there's for no reason, there's no reason why the sound wouldn't work if you update your computer, unless you did something, unless you pressed a button or something. So yeah, he's driving me crazy. All right. Well, I guess we should start the actual, uh, I might I might leave this in, but I'm still going to do an intro. Uh, this cool. is the Patreon full exclusive episode, and we have a guest comedian. We uh, Marie is not with us. She's in the woods somewhere, <laughs> just naturing the fuck out of life. And uh, she, so she's not with us. So we have I have a very funny comedian. Uh, you've seen her online. You've seen her around Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> for Diana Hong. Hey, hi. I'm like making my own applause. I don't know. I feel like I got intro. I yeah. felt like I was on a comedy show again. I know. That's like, why. That I... was like the intro I get at clubs, really. You just see me online at oh, all the yeah. shows in the city. Uh, well, my favorite, my favorite intro ever is when you go like, when the person goes, this is a very, uh, very good friend of mine. I've known her for years. Please give it up for <laughs> Lowry Rajanap. <laughs> oh yeah we must be great friends bffs did you ever see that um john travolta and idina menzel screw up at the tony's yes i think Ad- it was the tony's that just reminds adele dazim <laughs> <laughs> like, what my very good friend yeah my very good friend adele what which to be honest with you i just feel like he just i could see having like a brain fart and just being like, and just being like, I I can't think of the life. Like I've done that before where I've had a brain yeah. fart and I'll be like, I can't for the life of me think, but just say, you can't think of the name. He was just like, I can't think of the name. So I'm just going to say what comes to my head. And it's <laughs> Adele. <Dezine. laughs> well, I just, I feel like also maybe if it was like a n- normal person, it would just be like, cause Steve Harvey's messed up a lot of times and we just like laughed it off. But I think also with John Travolta, like it's great that Idina Menzel has made fun of um, the situation. So I think yes. he's gone lucky with that. But John Travolta just has that look of Scientology where I feel like there's something like every time, you know, like him and Tom Cruise, like every time I see them, I just feel like something's missing. Yeah, it's gay sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they, they are not able to have sex with men. So that's what's missing. So- so that's what John Travolta just wasn't able to get it in right before. Yeah, <laughs> so because yeah, he, he can't he can't have the sex that he wants to have. So he he just is living life through a fog of just uh, a heteronormative nightmare, and he just is like, "Look, I'm trying my best." Okay, I feel like yeah, I feel like that's better. I rather him mess up a name than him just like commit murders because I feel like. Yes, repressed homosexual sexuality is a repressed anything is a key motivator psychologically. Yeah, for murder or for like that. sexual assault. So then you know those two things. Like, let's just hope that he just it's never that kind of person. <laughs> Watch, we're gonna somebody's gonna be like, uh, he sexually assaulted a woman in 1985. And like, Great, oh, I know. Awesome. Like, like who has it? I mean, is isn't it shitty that we're at the point? Like, especially as comics, I feel like. With like rape and sexual assault allegations, we're just like, who has it? Like, oh. we're just kind of like rating them now. Like, what's really that bad? Like, I, I just I, feel like we're... I said this. Like, I'm like, you know what? I gotta stop being shocked when like an asshole comic turns out to be an asshole because like, Krista Elia, I was like, what him? <laughs> He's always talking about 
young woman he wants to sleep with and how he's an asshole. So, you know, I don't, how could that have been? And Brian Callen, what? That guy who's always talking about having sex with women and on the road. And, you know, it's just I'm like, ugh, I got to stop being shocked by this stuff. So, yeah, I, I will never forget forget this moment this has been one of my favorite moments in my career i mean this is the short version of the story but it, it's a, this guy i saw this comic um and he went up to this other female the she's a headliner she's she does very well and of course he's trying to kiss ass because he's like this little comic yeah. went up to her and was like because she talks about a lot of um uh, like feminist like she has a very strong feminist uh perspective and it's all about like speaking up for women of color and so like this comic goes up to her and is like you know i you know, I was a feminist before I even knew I was a feminist because I grew up with a single mother. Oh, my God. One of his bits, one of his bits that he does, like he loves, because I've seen him do it so many times, is how he talks about taking the condom off during sex because it feels good. Ugh. But such a feminist, right? Such a fe- Well, I, yeah, I... But without consent, that's the thing. It's without her knowing. Oh, yeah. That's the joke. I guess it's called stealthing. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a term for it. But is it? It's stealthing. Isn't it like some type of? It's just rape, right? Because it's still not consensual. Is it? Is it? I guess. Yeah. I guess it's full on rape. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm the worst person to talk about this stuff. I do. That's true. I am too. But I was just. I just remember being like, wow, the people that are usually the loudest about that type of shit so hypocritical um I, so I think it goes both ways i think yeah oh yeah well i just i would love it if men any man who's listening to this who's who's bought a subscription so thank you for, first of all thank you um but second of all stop using the term i i have a daughter i have a mother i have a sister so therefore i support women everybody has a woman involved in their life in some way everybody does so, you know, like, you just, you know, stop it. Stop saying that. Because you know what it does? It lets women know, I don't give a fuck about you. But because I now tangentially am involved with another woman, now I care. Oh, so now I see. It'd be like if I were to say, like, oh, I used to think that men shouldn't be punched in the dick. But now I have a brother. <laughs> and I, think, I don't think men should be punched in the dick anymore. Or now I have a son. And it's like, no, you just mentioned be punched in the dick. Like, that's just a, uh, that should be a unanimous thing. You shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to have a relationship with a, with a man in order to know that that's not a thing, that that's the thing that shouldn't happen. So, yeah. Ugh, I hate it. Um, oh, God, what was I going to do? I forgot. Any, oh, I remember one time this guy was, was doing a rape joke. Which you know right off the bat, it was hilarious. Um, but <laughs> my favorite jokes. There should be more. I would just love to go to a show with just only. <laughs> but he jokes. started. See, here's my problem: is that I laugh really hard at two things. I laugh really hard at joke, well, good, well written jokes that are funny, and terrible jokes done by terrible comedians. Those yes. are the two things that I find <laughs> hilarious. So the problem is, is that when I'm laughing, people think that I'm laughing because it's funny. So this guy, I think it was at uh, Anchor Bar, and this guy was doing like, I know a lot of people don't like rape jokes now, but I'm going to do one. And I just started laughing because I was like, great setup, dude. Um, And so he goes in this rape joke. (laughs) I honestly forgot what it was, but he tells it is awful. I'm laughing my ass off. And he's like, well, I'm glad one person liked it. And I was like, I wasn't laughing because it was funny. (laughs) I was laughing because you're <laughs> awful. 
I know that's the hard thing. That's such the hard thing about I think comic or being in those rooms because like as comics, you know, there is that like debate like with hosting. People are like, what would you do now? Like, would you like, you know, if someone's saying something obviously very like wrong, like a white a, a comic that's not black saying the n word and just going on rampage like that's happened. Like, you know, hosts like there's a debate like where's the responsibility of of the host lie because of free speech. Right. And then a lot of the arguments of like, don't do anything, don't set it, step in is like, oh, then the room won't laugh. Then they'll know that it's bad. And I'm like, that's not true. Cause I'm just like you. I laugh at shit that like, it's because I'm laughing at the person. Like, I'm not with them by any means. Like, this is like at you. And I'm like, well, then it's not quiet. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like it's not, that's not a good argument. I think, I I think it could be a slippery slope, but to be honest with you, I don't really care. I think if somebody's awful, you just, you walk them off the stage. You're just like, Hey, here you go, buddy. Like, just keep Yeah. I mean, I I think honestly, I I think if you want to say it's a slippery slope, that's fine. But you know, the argument could be made, but to me, in my opinion, it's, it's almost like one of those things where it's like, you know, it's not necessarily a private private property kind of thing, but it's basically like, look, this is my show. I'm hosting it. My name is on as a host. So I'm, if I don't like what you're doing, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you to leave. So yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I think that's the best, the best way to like view the situation because like yeah it's essentially your name on it you set the tone yeah it's your show to be honest with you like i give a big leeway like if somebody's gonna do a joke i'm like i i would be like yeah let's see where it goes and if it pays off it pays off if it doesn't then yeah you get kicked out of the show so i think like also like there's a difference like as after after you've been doing this for a little bit you have a good sense of where the intention lies yeah you know what i mean like you can see where it's going like where it's just like i've seen like and i knew from the vibe that it was just like pure hate speech like they just wanted to go up on stage and say something hateful and someone trying to navigate a difficult subject there's like two, like you can feel the vibe. And I feel like, at, especially if it's an open mic scenario, you're supposed to have room to grow. It's definitely a lot more lax. But I also agree that like, usually people who are, that's why hosts should have a little bit under their belt. Cause they can tell like what the difference yeah. is. It's very easy. I don't, we're not, I don't, people who can't tell the difference. I'm like, you're full of shit. Yeah. Well, also I think you can read the room, you know, I, I kind of view it like, uh, when I was in high school, they always used to say, like, as far as, like, sexual uh, aggression or... Not sexual assault, but, like, sexual harassment. Like, the first one's free. Like, if if a guy... Wait, what? That's That was the saying. So, like... That was the saying. First first one's free. Um, So... But I'm not talking about rape. I'm not saying, like, if a guy raped me, I'd be like, all right, that's yours. That's... You got that one. Fool me once. Yeah, you do it again, though. I am... I am calling the police. Uh, No, no, no. This would be, like... uh, This is more, like, sexual... I I think it's sexual harassment. But it would be, like, if you were... You were in the workplace, and a guy was like, oh, I want to tell a joke. And it was like, you know, three busty blondes walk into a, a bar or something like that. And they all get stuck. And it's like, uh, ha, ha. I just made that joke up. But, I mean, obviously, it's Brilliant. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but, like, let's say I would be like, okay, like, he might not realize. Now I think it's more like common sense. Don't tell that joke. But at the time, I was like, you would go up to him and you'd be like, hey, dude, like, don't tell that joke that really offended me. And he'd be like, oh, okay, sorry about that. 
And then he wouldn't tell the joke. And if he did it again, then he would go like, okay, I'm going to report you. And then, you know, you go from there. Um, but yeah, so I kind of view that with, with standup. I feel like it's like if a guy's telling, if somebody's telling a joke and it's, and I'm talking about like, just, and I'm not talking about just not funny because not funny in itself is uncomfortable, but I'm talking about like offensive. So let's say they're trying to like talk about a subject, like maybe abortion and they're trying to talk about a subject that's very sensitive and maybe they have a different opinion that not everybody has. I'll be like, okay, let me see where they're going with this. And if I feel like it's going away, if I can see where they're going with it and it's just not there, then yeah. So I agree with you. I think you need a comedian to host who's more knowledgeable about jokes and, you know, the vibe of the room and stuff. Also, it's the host's job to kind of get the room up again, the energy up again. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. First one's free, guys. That's all I guess. <laughs> oh my god! I so and it's it's so it's weird to me because I know it's not very progressive or right for me to be like I understand the first one's free rule, and I feel like a problem with society and communication these days is that that first one free rule is it used to be a social contract. I feel like it's gone now with social media. Yes. You can just jump on someone and be like you're a terrible human being where a lot of the time it, it is just conversation. Like if a guy was telling that joke and you just, you like first one free, you went up to him and you're like, Hey, you know, this joke is really not appropriate. Well, whatever, yes. however you want to have the conversation, he's more likely to receive it. Like, Oh shit. Like you're right. Thanks for telling me. Because if there's not the, the worry of like, Oh, I'm going to be like con- canceled or condemned or fired for making a, yeah. a mistake then people are more willing to grow instead of getting defensive because then it turns into fight or flight situation for them. Yes, I agree with you. I I think the problem lies in both aspects. I think the problem lies in the man and the woman. I think it not, well, in the person one or person two, we shouldn't always say that the it's men and women. We're all, but uh, see, person one's free, Lori. You got, (laughs) I would say the, the fault in my opinion is, is, is both. It's, I think uh, another reason why maybe it's gotten more it's that ha- that hasn't really been used is because you know if if let's say I told you a joke and you found it offensive and you came up to me and said hey in this workplace if you cannot make those jokes I could if I were to say like oh yeah no no problem that would be the more common sense thing but I think because of the nature of of the you know, of our business and everything, we kind of look at complainers as annoying and not really having justification. And so it, it uh, odds are that they would probably be like, hey, if you cannot tell those kinds of jokes, and the other person would be like, I'll tell whatever jokes I want to tell. You you deal with it. And then it's sort of like, then that person now is is at fault for just addressing something that, you know, they just had a problem with. And it's just like, that that should not be a thing. that. So I think that's probably why it became more of like the you say it once and then we we say fuck you sort of thing <laughs> which i think yeah, we're reeling that's a very good point i think we're reeling back from but yeah no there were things i've done that i'm thank god no i i used to i used to go to jenny craig i used to be a part of jenny craig and at the time you could pay with check and i would always put in the check sexual favors <laughs> oh my god and they had to ask me to stop doing that and i was like oh yeah yeah that, no that's terrible um, and so, and the worst one, the worst one, and I've talked, I've talked about this many times, but long story short, I used to work at 24 hour fitness and I used to work the, the night shift. So I would leave in the morning. So there weren't a lot of people around at the time that I was leaving. 
So I guess that's why I didn't get in so much trouble. But I used to, for a month straight, maybe even longer, and when I would leave, I'd go, but, and it, my, I'm going to preface this by saying this was before shooting, mass shootings were as big as they are now. Okay. This was as like, big as they are. This was like the sweet spot between like Columbine and, and uh, you know, I don't know, Sandy Hook or whatever. I don't remember the oh latest. Oh my God. I can't believe there was a sweet spot. You're so right about that. This was like before that. So I, I, um, so I, I, I would leave work and I would go, I'd go, bye. I'm going to come back and shoot everybody. Oh my God, Lord. Because here's why I did it. And now, look, I get it's wrong. I would never do that now. That's awful. At the time, I thought it was so funny because I was like, what happens if I did snap and I did come back and shoot everybody? They would have to get on the news and be like, well, did she ever give you any indication that she was going to do this? And they would have to say, yeah, she told us every day for a month that she was going to do it. I just thought that was, to me, I was just like, oh, I'm a comedy genius. So that's where my comedy's at. So, yeah, first one's free, guys. I'm straight up crying. I'm not, this is not okay. I I have a lot of feels about that joke i'm sad this is from a comics perspective i'm i'm very sad we live in a time audience comic and audience perspective i'm sad that we live in a time where you can't share that story uh, oh, I, I feel like i share it a lot so, yes. how's it do people laugh at like it because cake? i think the thing is is like i haven't look i haven't done it like super publicly but I've shared it on podcasts and stuff, and, and I think it helps because I preface that, like, I get why it's bad now. You know, like, I had my boss talk to me about it, and as soon as she talked to me about it, it's one of those things where, I don't know if you've ever had this, but, like, you're doing something, and you think it's hilarious, or you think it's really, and everybody's on the, in on the joke, and then somebody points out that it's not that funny, and you're, you immediately realize how terrible it is. You immediately go, like, oh, that's bad. Like, one time I used, as a joke, I used to post on a friend's Facebook that she had a yeast infection and she messaged me and she's like, please stop doing that. My family sees my Facebook. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like legit did not even think about that and like felt immediately bad about it. And so I think that like, you just realize immediately like, oh, this is awful. Like I should not be doing this. And that's kind of how I, I felt and I felt super bad about it. And then like a month later I was let go. For other reasons, but I had a feeling that probably had something to do with it. I just feel like I I, I love this story because I feel like it's a prime example of like realizing things a little late. But I also love that like the whole entire time you knew that you were the only one in on the job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody and knew why. Nobody knew why I was doing it. Everybody thought it was... And, like, the funniest thing was that nobody ever really acknowledged it. Like, nobody was like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, they just would be like... They would just go about their business, you know. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think we've we've vamped enough. Uh, this is... A, ironically, this is going to be a really short, short episode <laughs> without all of our talking. Um... So, uh, so today we're going to be talking about the uh, 2015 shooting death of Daniel Green. In uh, February 2015, Daniel Green, an 11-year veteran of the Exeter Police Department, was shot and killed while on the toilet in his home in Goshen, California. He was shot four times, and the, uh, the kill shot, I guess, or the, the, the shot that killed him was the shot to the head. 
Daniel is survived by his twin brother, Matt, and younger sister, Misty. So, yeah, so he was shot and killed. He was a, a police officer, and he was shot and killed on the toilet. So at the time of the investigation, people were thinking that maybe it had to do with, with him being a police officer. Um, but then they quickly realized that that wasn't the case. This so. feels like a, a crack the case or like um, who's clue. What's that game? Clue? Who's clue? I don't Clue. Like, it feels like this could have been a case on a board game. Or something like that. Who killed the person on the toilet? He has a brother and a sister and an (laughs) ex-wife. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, (laughs) Ex-wife. So, uh, Daniel and Matt were born four minutes apart. And uh, the only reason I mention that is because I don't know. I think I've talked about this before, but I don't know if you know this. I'm a twin. I have a twin brother. And then my mom is a twin. She has an identical twin sister. So uh, oh. we're two sets of twins in our family. And wow. I, like my, back back. yeah, my mom was, my mom, my aunt is the oldest. My aunt and my mom were born like five minutes apart. I was born an hour and a half after my brother, which is very unusual. <laughs> so did you not want to leave? No, because what happened was, is I was on the bottom. My brother was on the top. And so when, or I guess my brother was on the bottom, I was on the top. I forget how uteruses work. Um, So (laughs) he came out first. And then once he came out, I sort of spread eagled. I was just like, oh yeah, this is, this is a life. (laughs) And so they, uh, my brother was born natural. I was born cesarean because they could not get me out. They had to cut my mom open. So Yeah. Oh my god, you've just been living that free life ever since. Yeah, just, uh, my mom used to say that when we were little, we used to sleep exactly how we were born, like when we were in the uterus. My brother used to be like, he would like, literally like get as, like shrink up as much as possible, and I would spread out as far as possible. (laughs) And that's how we slept. So, um, all right. Oh, here we go. So, uh, Matt or Daniel knew he wanted to be a police officer when he befriended an older male police officer at the age of 14, which I thought was weird, but yeah, I've been, I've been friends with a lot of older people when I was a kid that I thought was cool. And now I'm like, why were you friends? Why were they friends with me? Like, yeah, I'm starting to get that too, but because I played golf and so almost like everyone I was friends with was old. Cause like, oh, golf is yeah. like old, but then like, I kind of like on the flip side, maybe, I don't know, maybe after a certain age, it's kind of like, they're just having a surrogate kid. That's like not fair. So they don't they feel like they like have responsibility for it's like the fun part of having a kid. Yeah. That's like my, true. Girl, my girlfriend's mom. I hope she's okay with me telling this story, but it's for your Patreon listeners. If you don't like it, I can also, I can edit it. Also people who have to pay to listen to it. So. Yeah, I'm sure this is a good one. So my girlfriend's mom, she like when we when I met her, like, you know, we're talking and she was like, yeah, I didn't know what true love was until my first grandchild. And I was like, you have three children. Oh, uh, my God. Like There was a lot of stuff first. But her logic was her. The reason she felt true love then was because she didn't have to. It was since it wasn't actually her kid. She didn't have the responsibility. Yes. I think my so, mom and my grandma are the same. I feel like my mom, 
my grandma was like essentially my mom is sort of this way too but my grandma was very much like i'm waiting for my grandchildren like she loved my brother and i she doted on my brother and i and she was not that way with my my mom (laughs) she was very like my aunt was like oh yeah no she was not a motherly person (laughs) so it was it's kind of funny and my mom to the same extent almost she wasn't necessarily the most motherly but then when my cousins came into the picture she definitely like doted on them and i was like where was this where was this when i was born where was this motherly right so. I feel like, yeah, my mom's all about me and my girlfriend having babies, but, like, not getting married. It's a weird thing, but I think she's excited for their grandmother grandmother thing. That's, like, she's so excited for the grandmother part, she, like, forgot being homophobic. It's very, yeah. it's a very exciting, like, growth time in, in her life. It's a, um, fo- but, like, it's a weird follow-up where she's like, have grandbabies, but also don't get married. I always yeah. forget it. I can remember at the end that I I don't want I don't believe in gamers. Yeah, I just like I remember that like this is not natural. Yeah. Um, but I I I feel like it. I I mean, obviously, I don't. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know proof. But I feel like part of it there must be something about like post. Is it postpartum? No, postpartum. Yeah, postpartum disorder. Because I had a friend that like had really bad postpartum depression where she couldn't be around her kid because she was so scared of like fucking up. And yeah. I feel like that's kind of part of it. Like, it, it's a level of postpartum that I don't think, like, I don't think there's enough research or people deal with postpartum enough or address it enough. Yeah. Because it's not about men, so who cares? Yeah. But I well, think, it, like, part yeah. of it is that. Yeah. There Also, there's a case that I've always wanted to do because, do you know what SIDS is? Yeah. Um, so there... baby infant syndrome or something, right? Sudden infant death syndrome. Oh, sudden. Okay, never mind. So there was a, uh, for, I think it was in the 70s, there was a, a, a case involving this woman who had like four or five children die of SIDS. And the during that time, this doctor was, uh, I, I'm watch, I'm doing this whole, the whole case right now. And then I'm like, I want to research it. Um, <laughs> but base, essentially, she was killing them. She was suffocating them to death. And but she was calling it SIDS, and this doctor was writing. He wrote a, a thesis. He wrote a scientific report using this woman as as his as his evidence that SIDS was biological. And so for the longest time, people thought that you uh, it was a biological trait. So they are like, we we could have we don't know how many women got away with murder, because I mean this woman was eventually tried and convicted, but there. are during that time there were so many other women who had whose babies died of SIDS and they that could have been murder and they don't know because at the time they thought it was biological they didn't realize that I think it was something with sleeping on your stomach it like suffocated the baby I do remember that I remember that being a thing because then there was that whole movement of like don't put your baby on the stomach or something and like there's like flip-flop research on that for a little bit yeah but like to hear like why number six or seven you know what I mean like I feel like after like two like I feel like two is generous they should have been like something is wrong I it's like it's one of those things where it's like even like if even if it's biological, stop having babies. Like For after real, two, you would be like, shut it down, woman. Like <laughs> close your legs. You know, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, like how did it even get to like number three? Like, yeah, I guess okay. One, I think yeah, we can be like we don't know what happened. You know, first one's free. Yeah. But then like <laughs> after one. 
This is that, that's how it. You know what? I would say that that should be that. I think that would solve a lot of things. That should be our blanket statement. Every involving everything. First one's free. <laughs> I mean, sample ice cream. Sample. I think ice cream shops have just been having it right. Right. You just like sample. <laughs> yeah. Stealing anything. First one's free, and then <laughs> after that, you can't do it. But first one's free. <laughs> It's a um, learning curve. Yeah, so uh, he, he and his twin brother, Daniel and his twin brother, were police officers at first, but then Matt, his twin brother, decided to become a lawyer. But Daniel stayed on as a police officer because he loved it so much. He was known as a by-the-book police officer, which I'm hoping means that he was very strict and thorough and not racist. Uh <laughs> It's <laughs> different books, I feel like. Um, so, he was also part of a motorcycle gang known as Team Flatline. And that's because they love motorcycles so much that they would ride until they flatlined. Which, you know, I feel like it's like, that's what men think. That's men being creative. I feel like that's... <laughs> mid like upper middle class men be, or, or middle class men being like this is my creativity at its best team flatline that is very <laughs> you can you can I feel like you can hear how hard they tried oh and that's the name there were so many high fives after after that name was called out so many it's like a high five orgy was happening uh, so Daniel was dating around a lot, but he wanted a family and it, oh, sorry. Hold on one second. <coughs> um, he wanted a family. He wanted to meet a woman and settle down. And at the end of t- 2009, he met a woman named Erica Sandoval. And by both accounts, by her family's account and by his family's account, they immediately became infatuated with each other. But... Throughout their relationship, they would have these very, like, hot and cold moments. They would be, like, it was super love-hate. They would be, like, very lovey-dovey, and then they would be yelling and screaming and, you know, talking shit about each other. But they would always circle back to each other. A year after dating, they eloped to Vegas, but didn't tell their family. And then, (laughs) the way they told their family, which I thought was so weird was they texted their family a picture of their wedding certificate and that was it. And I was just like, oh my God, that's such a weird way to tell your family you're oh married. Oh man. That was Can like, you imagine if someone did that on like Facebook or Instagram? Well, my uncle, my uncle's a weird person. Um, and he, he had been dating this woman for a really long time. And, and like, they were, like, they lived in a house together, and, you know, she, her brother's kids are from Vietnam, and he sponsored them to come to America, and they were staying at his house, and so we were, like, when are you guys going to get married? And he, he was just, like, randomly, one, one Christmas was just, just all of a sudden started calling Catherine his wife. Oh, my wife and this, and we're, like, oh, so you guys are married? And he's, like, oh, yeah, I guess. But never, will never be, like, for sure say yes or no. Like, he's always like, what? we might, we probably are. We might as well be. And it's like, wait, so you are married. You had a ceremony. He's like, well, we, we had something. It's like, are you, like, literally cannot pin him down. My, nobody's seen a wedding certificate. Like, you, we what cannot, yeah. 
So he, it's, he's really weird. So I have a feeling this is kind of it. They're just super weird about it. Um, so Daniel was 26 and Erica was 23. And the reason why they didn't, uh, I would say maybe a big reason why they didn't tell their family is because their family didn't want them to get married. Um, because for the whole, the whole year that they were dating, Erica was telling her family that Daniel was super abusive and would like slam her against walls and choke her out. And Daniel was telling his family that he, she was the abusive one that he would, she would take a razor blade and like cut up furniture, like cut up the couch or spill syrup all over his like electronic stuff. If she got mad at him. Yeah, it was really I feel weird. like those are two two ends. Like one has a razor braid and one is like delicious. Like I yeah. don't you know, seems a little is it hell, story doesn't match. Is it help if it's a chocolate razor blade? Um no it's not. Uh by the way, have you been I went on a deep dive for some reason about people making really sharp knives out of things like cardboard and like plastic and uh what was it like toffee and stuff and it's like i'm like why why would you need that like why would you need a caramel yeah but do you would you have access to caramel in prison (laughs) like i the things that people come up with in prison is pretty insane well because i the when you're talking about like going on a deep dive of like things being made into sharp objects or weapons like i used i'm i used to like be really big into like prison culture and so I would watch a lot of documentaries and like the deep dive of like the things that they can come up with in prison, like bars of soap oh, is yeah. a weapon. Yeah. And then I've like after you make give that. someone, eat the evidence. So like, I think like caramel is like perfect. I watched a documentary one time. I think maybe it was, or maybe I, I forgot what, uh, the, that a guy made a gun out of a bar of soap and he went to a guard and put the gun up to his head and said, like, give me your gun or, or give me your keys, I'll shoot you. And the officer thought it was a real gun and so gave him his keys and then found out that it was a bar of soap. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that guy must feel like, first one's free. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so they, they were married after a year of dating. Their family wasn't really excited about it, but threw them a party anyways. And then they got in a huge fight at the party. And, um, so they were like, you know, you, this, hopefully this will work itself out, but it did not. Um, they would, you know, again, get in huge fights. Um, and it got so bad that a year later, Erica was seen by a neighbor outside the house threatening Daniel saying that, you know, excuse me, basically doing two things. She was yelling at him, trying to get him to hit her. And then she was also saying, I'm going to call the police and tell them that you hit me. And then I'm going to have you put, put in jail. And so the Nate, luckily a neighbor saw and called the police and, uh, they were both arrested for, for, uh, uh, I forgot what the name is. God. Domestic. Domestic, yeah, yeah. domestic abuse. Oh, okay. But the charges were dropped. And they just decided that it wasn't working out. And they filed for divorce. So you think that everything's, that they're just going to go their separate ways. Well, they filed for divorce in January of 2012. And then basically the end of January, Erica announces that she's pregnant with Daniel's baby. So now they're having a kid together. So then they move back in together. 
because Daniel wants to make it work for his son, but it's not working. They're still fighting. And, and Daniel's family is saying that Erica is the aggressor and that they have proof. Like Daniel calls them when they get in fights and they can hear Erica yelling. Daniel would videotape Erica, like yelling at him, waking him up in the middle of the night, threatening his life, all this stuff. Um, she, uh, she one time woke him up and had a had a knife pointed at him because she had a dream that he slept with another woman. She said, "If you ever leave me, if you ever leave me for another woman, I'm going to kill you." Um, <clears throat> so, the the son is born, and his name's Aiden, and this be, basically becomes Daniel's whole world. Is he, he just wants to do right by his son, and so. Um, but he can't make it work with Erica. And they just realize that they just, Daniel's just like, we just can't live in the same house. So he kicks her out of the house. Um, oh, before that happens, this is a good, this probably, sorry, I forgot to mention this. This is a catalyst to why he kicks her out of the house. She really hated the fact that he was, he rode around in a motorcycle. So one time he's going on a ride in his motorcycle and he can't brake. He's like having a hard time. So he basically has to like skid to a stop. And um, he finds out that somebody cut the brake line in his motorcycle. So he confronts Erica about it, and she admits to it, but she says that she didn't want to kill him. She just wanted him to stop riding his motorcycle. She cut his, she goes, I just cut a couple wires, and I thought it would stop you from riding your motorcycle. It's like, what but the? you didn't tell him? You didn't say like, hey, I cut your wires. You just let him ride the motorcycle? Like why? He wasn't in on the joke. The yeah. conversation she was at. <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, he'll figure it out. <laughs> um so, so then they so they leave. So then they so she, Erica moves out and this starts a nasty custody battle. But it seems to ebb and flow like everything in their relationship, where they go from being peaceful with each other to then being super nasty. And, um, so there doesn't really ever seem to be a, uh, like a, re- a resolution of custody. And also during this entire time, they're still sleeping with each other. They're still going out and sleeping with each other, which I'm just like, what is wit? Like, what, wh- why, why would you do <laughs> like, stop it. Stop doing I think- that. Right. Especially after like she warned him, like if like she made it pretty clear that she was not like if you wake up to a knife and it's like you sleep with another woman, like I'm going to kill you. Like it's pro- and then you kick. Her. I feel like that's already like sign. Like maybe you should just cut ties. Like this is not yes. a good thing to have in your life. I can't tell you how many times like I, w- I watch a lot of crime shows and I can't tell you how many times a woman in a situation has has been like to oh she'll be like oh betsy told me that if anything ever happens let it's probably her husband and i'm like why didn't betsy leave <laughs> like if i if legitimately I'm, I'm so sorry i forgot your girlfriend's name but like legitimately if you came, if you were like hey i think kayla's gonna kill me i'd be like leave leave kayla no be there don't and if I were to do the same thing, I'd be like, "Hey, uh, Star woke me up and put a knife to, with a knife to my throat." You'd be like, uh, "Pack your shit, like get out, don't be around her." And I'd be like, "Yeah, why are you still? A- it doesn't matter if you think it was a joke. It doesn't matter if you don't think they'll follow through. If they make a threat against your life, don't talk to that person anymore. 
Like, don't, I don't understand why people are like, ah, they just, they're kidding. (laughs) They're kidding. It was a friendly joke. It was fine. Only a little bit of blood. I'm only a little serious. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I mean, domestic abuse is very complicated psychologically, and I understand that. But I feel like also it is the responsibility if you if a friend comes to you and is like, blah, 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 is going to kill me. If like the threat yes. of death is there, you can't just as a friend just be like, haha, funny story. It'll be even funnier if it actually happens, because then it's like we were all in on the. Yeah, like I just imagine going like. <laughs> Betsy said if 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 her husband if I'm ever dead my husband did it and I just said oh my god that's so funny <laughs> oh my god girl I'm in stitches um like it's just like what nobody there's no, nobody no reporter ever goes and then what'd you say no reporter ever it's just that's always a statement that's said and then there's no follow-up of like and then we got back in our car and I dropped her off at home you know like it's just like what. <laughs> So, um, so she cuts the brakes. So then they, they decide that they're going to split up, but they're still sleeping with each other. And there's a custody battle going on and they're getting to this point where the family says that they start they're they're going like the sister basically says they went, they would go longer and longer without fighting. So she thought that things were going well. So, like, instead of, like, my aunt used to be married to this guy, and she said that, like, every three months, he would be like, I want a divorce, or I need to I need to do something else. And so she could, like, time it. She could, like, it was, like, every three months. So it's, like, if, if, the, if Daniel and Erica were, like, every three months, they would get in this huge fight, well, then it would be every four months or every six months. So they were, like, oh, they must be getting better. And it's, like... <laughs> sure whatever like i mean yeah they're still fighting but it's obviously better yeah it's just taking longer um so they were at a uh i think they were at his son's birthday party aiden's birthday party and they were like she erica was sitting on his lap and they were super lovey-dovey and the sister was the misty his sister was like well you know I just want him to be happy. So I was just thinking like, look, if he's with her and he's happy and they're able to make a go of it. Great. Well, then a couple days later, Daniel posts a a picture on Facebook of his new girlfriend. It's 21. This 20 year old girl that he's dating. So everybody's just like, oh, okay, well, I thought you and, and Erica were getting back together, but I mean, if you're happy with her, great. Then the next day, he doesn't report to work. And um, a colleague who is like, he's usually very prompt, very on time, started worrying about him, so went to his house and found him dead on the toilet. Uh, and so she, this whole, I just, for listeners, this whole time, Diana has her mouth totally agape. <laughs> She's like, he was warned. This dude was warned. There's uh, no other woman. <laughs> I think that, I think one of, and, and I'm, look, I'm no psychologist to any degree, but I think one of the issues surrounding female abusers against men is that I think a lot of times men still have this attitude of like, well, if something ha- really went down, I could take care. Like I could, I could, ha- wow, I could, fair, yeah. yeah, I could handle it. I don't need anybody's help because, especially since you're a police officer, 
you just think like, I'm not gonna, you know, if, if she like tries to hit me, I'll just defend myself, which they don't realize. Like, I don't understand why anybody doesn't realize like guns exist, like weapons exist. Yeah, I mean, you can always be, you can die on the toilet. Like, what are you going to do? Defend yourself on the toilet? There's times where everyone's vulnerable on the toilet. Yes. Like the rock can be, get his ass kicked. While he's taking a shit. Yes. Anyone can get their ass kicked. Doesn't matter your size. If you're taking a shit, you're going to lose the fight. Yeah. You're definitely not in a good fighting position. Um, so, unless you, like, practice Krav Maga from the sitting shitting position, then, you know, maybe you'd be good. But if you're not just immediately starting from, like, just something out of chance that somebody tries to kill me while I'm shitting, let's practice that. It's not going to work. So, um, so they tell, they, they, uh, go to the, the ex-wife to Erica and they tell her that her husband's been shot and she seems really upset. She tells police that she has not seen Daniel at all. She hasn't seen him in a couple of days. Um, but they find that she sent him about a hundred text messages and, uh, that her cell phone pinged in the area around his house. They then find out that there's a neighbor has a security camera that looks at Daniel's door. You can see Daniel's door from across the street. So they grab the security footage and they see a woman walking into Daniel's house. Um, Because at the time, Daniel had gone to the gym and then he came home and he was on the toilet and then he got shot. That's sort of how they think it went. So um, they couldn't ID the woman from the security footage. But they lied and they told Erica that they had ID'd her from the security footage. So then she confesses right out the gate. (laughs) She just goes, oh, yeah, I shot him. (laughs) So she says the reason she shot him was that he was abusive to her. And they went over to talk about custody agreements. And he was hitting, he was basically attacking her. And to defend herself, she grabbed a gun and she shot him. Well... You know, there's a lot of questions that <laughs> arrive from that. Mainly, he was on the toilet. Uh, <laughs> so, how did that happen? Um, so, I think that the reason why I say that is I think the defense knew that they had to come up with a more plausible scenario. So, she changes her story like three times. She goes from like, I went to see him... And uh, he lunged at me and I shot him to, like, I went to see him and he was, like, trying to sexually assault me and I shot him to, like, a combination of both. Well, at trial, she claimed that Daniel was physically and emotionally abusing her regularly. And that the only reason she slept, kept sleeping with him, because prosecution brought up that they were continuing to have a sexual relationship... That the only reason why she kept sleeping with him was because he would, uh, wouldn't allow her to see their son if she didn't perform sexual favors. Which they don't say in the, um, in this, uh, in the research that I did and in the uh, 48 hours that I watched if there was a custody agreement. They like never say like if he got custody or whatever. But it just seemed like they shared custody. So I don't see how she could, he could have not allowed her to see her son. So yeah, it just seemed, weird. yeah. She also claimed that his fetishes were getting more and more kinky to the point where he was having her dress up like a little girl. Now, this part 
from what I just said now is something she never talked about in the investigation when she confessed. This is the only, this is the first time she's mentioning it at all. So she went over to his house to talk about custody and he wasn't there. He wasn't home. So she, you know, as you do started snooping around his, (laughs) his, uh, his, uh, nightstand and found some pictures of naked or provocatively just little girls and boys. And so she found, she found child pornography. And the defense attorney even said that right before his death, 17,000 images were deleted off his, I think it was phone, I want to say. What the hell? But I was like, how can you tell that? And also, nobody else corroborated. Like, the prosecution didn't say, like, oh, yeah, 17,000. It was just, like, nobody else corroborated that. So it was, like, they were insinuating that he might have had more child pornography, but he deleted it. But it's just, like, how... How do you know that? Like, how do you know 17,000 images were deleted? Yeah. So. Also, how does she even get in in the first place if he wasn't home? Like, why I, does she have a spare key if he has another girlfriend? I think he had a hide a key. Or if I remember correctly, I think she said she either had a spare key or he had a hide a key that she used. He's so. not a very good cop. No, he's not. So she... I like, I feel like if you know, like, right? I think, yeah. I Honestly, I feel like, look... I don't think that I'm not blaming the victim. I'm not saying that. Yeah, he should have. He should have known that this is going to end in his death. But I think if you know that your ex-wife is volatile, you should go like, all right, I'm not going to just randomly post a photo on Facebook. I'm going to have a sit-down conversation and like talk to my talk to my ex-wife about this. You know, and change the locks. Yeah, and change the lock. Yeah, change the locks and maybe move. Um. So, so she finds a child pornography, right? So she starts freaking out because she starts thinking like, well, is he abusing our son? So she finds his gun and she hides in the closet. And he comes home. R. Kelly already wrote a song about this. I know. I think this was the, I think this was the inspiration. And she hides in the closet and, uh, and he goes into the bathroom And she comes out of the closet and walks up and points the gun at him and starts questioning him about the child pornography. And he gets really angry and he lunges at her and she is afraid for her life and she shoots and kills him. That's her story. And that is the first time she never once mentioned child pornography ever or anything sexually deviant ever in the, uh, like involving children. So, uh, and also investigation never found any child pornography on any of his devices or any pictures at his place. Um, she also said that she never told the police because you know, that she was worried that they would try and protect one of their own and that they would have her disappear in order to save Daniel. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Just (laughs) the level of, of conspiracy that people think the police have to me sometimes is just like, Oh, brother. Like, this is the Exeter Police Department. Do you think they have the capabilities to, quote, unquote, make somebody disappear? Like, right? I feel I think, like, especially with, with that that kind of level of, like, not normal, like, they're yes. already going to come up with the craziest ex- conspiracy theories. Yeah. So, um, Erica, so Erica was on trial for first-degree murder, and if convicted, she could receive the death penalty. 
There was also something that said that there was a lying in wait clause. So that's kind of why she could receive the death penalty because she did admit that she hid in the closet. Um, oh, shit. Prior to him that coming was dumb. home. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Who's her lawyer? Fire her lawyer. Oh, my God. You got to see a picture of this lawyer. He looks like, uh, he looks like a member of like, um, yellow card <laughs> like he looks oh like my uh, like an indie <laughs> band that has a violin you know like he looks like he's the violin planner player of an indie rock band like he looks oh, like oh but God. like an indie rock band that's been touring for 40 years you know like he looks like he's like got grandchildren um, yeah that's not what you look for in a lawyer <laughs> oh he looks like an idiot um <laughs> So, uh, so the jury deliberated for three days until they told the judge they couldn't deliberate anymore. There was one holdout, one woman who would not budge. She would not find her guilty. And there were three juries interviewed. She wasn't one of them, but there were three juries interviewed. And they even said that it got to the point where people were like yelling at this woman. Like basically yelling at her and she was like absolutely not I don't think she's guilty but would not address wouldn't say why it wasn't like a 12 no. angry juror situation where she was like let's solve it together she was just like nope I don't think she's guilty and would not would not say um, you know why she felt that way so it was a hung jury and right now currently Erica Sandoval is in jail waiting another trial uh, she lost custody of her son Aiden um, and he is being raised by Daniel's twin brother, Matt. So that's where we are with the case. Oh, that's so. a happy-ish ending. I think I'm just kind of like in awe, like why they're not addressing the obvious jur- jury tampering that just happened. How is that not a red flag to literally everybody? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know why there was one woman... I would love to see hear her rationale, but you know, I think there are just some women. I was in a, a jury selection uh, for a drunk driver case, and I never got called. But they, you know, they call you. They they had like over a hundred people, and they would call you, and they would ask you random questions. And this one woman, this African American woman, said, "I will never vote to convict a black man." Or a blood, you know, anybody from my community. I will never vote yeah. to convict to convict someone, and and uh, I just thought, you know, part of me was like, well, that's kind of asinine, and part of me was like, good for her, for just announcing, you know, just being like, look, I don't care now. Like, look, if it's like, you know, obviously like a serial killer who's been killing a bunch of women, you know, I'd hope that she would change her mind, but who knows? Maybe she's just like, eh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. I feel like, yeah, I mean, the the issue with, like, I feel like when it comes to, to that is definitely, like, the history of, like, how much, like, especially with the Central Park Five, like, when that documentary came out, like, there's so much with, like, the police and especially high-profile cases where they, like, find ways to, like, convict innocent Black men or women. I, so I can understand maybe that logic, but when you take, I feel like we've been past that point in women where there's been proven, like the sexism is maybe not as strong as the racism in our judicial system. Yeah. Especially a woman who in this situation shot, I feel like the shooting on the toilet thing is very, very, very like telling of like. Yes. So, but I would understand maybe she was like he beat me and like she was all <clears> fucked up and bruises and then like snapped grabbed the gun shot him on the toilet like why wasn't her lawyer telling her to make up that story because that makes sense like yes. when you have like a battered situation 
And I feel like I'm oddly defending the plaintiff, but or the defense, or you know, like. Well, I I agree um, with you. Yeah, I think I just feel like that's wrong. Yeah. Well, like, I look. I think what I find interesting is is I think we're seeing that like. You know, we Marie and I have always laughed because there's like a running thing with with white women who kill their kids that they blame it on two black men. They always be like, "A oh, black two black men came and robbed my children. You know, stole my children." It's like, what what do black men want with your stupid kids? Like, why 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 is right? that a thing? And I think I think now I think we're seeing the the girlfriend who or ex wife who kills their husband. The big thing is child porn. I think it's like we saw that with Jody Arias. We see that here. I mean, there's been a dozen other cases where women have said like, oh, yeah, I found child porn. And I, you know, he was into child. And I think it's a way because, the, you know, the victim can't defend themselves. And I think it's a way to sort of discredit or dehumanize the victim, the the yeah. uh, the, the one who was killed. Um, so that way it can be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're dead because they were into child pornography, which it, it's not proven. You know, and so like, and yeah. yeah. Also, since when did people care about child pornography? Like, people act like they care about the children. They really don't. But for whatever reason, no. child pornography or whatever, because now there's a movement. I feel like where people are trying to discredit the LGBTQ community by being like, "Oh, they're saying pedophile is like um, a sexual orientation." Oh yeah, I can't. So I I can't deal with that. There, people are saying like uh, pedophilia, like. If like ped, there are pedophiles out there who are like, look, I I want, I don't want to be attracted to little kids, but I just am. It's like, no, fuck you. You're not. And it's all about power, manipulation, and control. That is, that's all it is. There is no, there you. That is ridiculous. If somebody is saying that they're that, that's just not a thing. It doesn't exist. And I just think, yeah, and I. Ugh. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, you what were you saying? Oh, no, I was just completely agreeing with you. And I think it's so crazy that people try to use that, like, you're right, they use that to discredit the victim. And that's that's so fucked up on so many different levels of it. And then and now I think child, like, yeah, child pedophilia, it's, it's being used to, like, discredit, like, the left or the Democrats now. Because now, especially with, like, Jeffrey Epstein, like, that whole thing that went down. Oh, yeah. And like all the celebrities and like I've seen so much right wing and also religious rhetoric about like, oh, it's the gays that are doing this and it's the left and it's the Democrat and people keep using pedophilia as that. And like it happens in murder cases. Like, you're right. I think the new thing, like it went from like two black men to like pedophiles. Like, yeah, that's the big thing. It's, it's like, so crazy. It's like to name somebody a pedophile. But yeah, I mean. Anyway, anyways, uh, I'm sorry to cut this short, but I uh, I have to go somewhere. I have to be somewhere by 4.30, so I have to cut this short. But uh, um, it was great talking to you. Um, do you have anything you want to plug for people who are listening that have paid for it? Uh, no, just, uh, just I mean, there's nothing. It's like quarantine still. There's nothing really going on. Just follow me at my uh, Instagram, mostly on Instagram at wellhongd. Um, yeah, but this it was so good talking to you. I always have a blast. Yeah, no, I do too. You're very funny Thanks and for I having me. I love having you on and yeah, we'll hopefully have you on soon again. Bye Diana, thank Hopefully. you so much. Bye. Bye.